John, can I ask you a question about your uh, the name that you came in at the guest slot here on Pop Saga? John, defeater of it, cut it off. What oh. is the rest of this? Uh, defeater of the Nightman. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Champion of the Sun. Champion uh, of the Sun. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, master of karate and friendship for everyone. Um, just like this night, man. I wonder if it is. I wonder if there is some sort of. Uh, I wonder if there is some sort of call out there. Anyway, uh, we. I can't talk about it. This is a cold open. I'm. I'm violating the rules. You've. You've broken the sacred rules. We don't oh, talk no. about what we're going to talk about it before we talk about uh, it. No. 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 Oh God! Oh jeez! Oh no! Come on, man! All right, you know what? Let's just let's just scrap tonight. We can try again tomorrow. <laughs> just try to remember, okay? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Great idea! Uh, right. Great idea! Um, cool. So right, well, we'll see you. Ever, we'll see you later. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Let's go. go. You know we gotta keep it hype all day and night like this. Showing love when we can. Shout out to the super fans. Uh huh. You don't really wanna miss Pop Soccer. Stay lit. So if you ready, we ride and take it back to the 90s. From movies to the video games, just a couple of nerds. Keep it so entertaining. Hey, Pop Soccer. That's right, pals, your trusted source for piping hot takes on corny 90s genre TV have returned, and tonight we're taking our laser monocles and activating them and aiming them at 1997's Nightman, the TV series that dared to ask the question, what if a famous saxophonist... I'm Forrest, and I'm joined, as always, by John. And John, are you ready for a power hour? Because apparently that's what we are doing this evening. Hell yeah, I am. Especially after watching this show. I'm so ready for a power hour. I've been ready for a power hour since yesterday when I watched it. It Ooh. was like, ooh, holy smokes, I need all the power hour I can get after that. I watched it today not too long ago. I had to save it. I had to be fresh in my mind. This <laughs> labyrinthine tale of a San Francisco-bound jazz saxophonist come superhero nighttime man. Yes. I On hindsight, I probably should have done that because I just spent most of the time uh, laughing and looking away from the screen just because I couldn't believe what I was watching. So uh, you were, <laughs> you were, you had that kind of feeling of embarrassment, that secondhand embarrassment for what you were seeing on the television. Yeah, exactly. There's like, there's a, I have a tell when I'm embarrassed about something, even if it's not me, if I'm watching yeah. something is I always cover my mouth. Like if uh-huh. I'm wearing my shirt, I put my nose, like I put my shirt over my nose and my mouth. I'm even doing it right now. Because I'm that <laughs> embarrassed. Because I'm like, whoa, whoa, so much shit. Yeah, okay, you made a choice. And um, uh, I was watching it with Tanya, and uh, she was practicing her Type 5 for the Laugh Factory, and she's got some <laughs> solid material after watching this. So it was really hard to focus. But God damn it, I, I, I did my best. And then it broke me when I was like, the pilot is two episodes it is that and i was just like oh no 
<laughs> okay. right. Another 45 minutes? Okay, let's go. Yeah, and not too short episodes either. These are 44, as you mentioned, 45-minute long episodes. Um, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sure. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, uh, just to refresh the folks out there, if you haven't listened to one of our Power Hour episodes in the past, the rules are simple. Uh, I suppose it is incumbent upon me this time to warn us all when the drinking is to occur. Um, I have a Power Hour drinking game timer right here in front of me. And uh, basically, we will be taking a sip of a beverage of our choice. Uh, every minute for an hour. And we will use that hour to try to get through uh, our thoughts and a, a synopsis on the two-part TV movie event that introduced the world to their favorite superhero since Nightman. That's it. And, and to think, we, we've gotten all the way here because we talked about a director... From, uh, what was it, um, part three mm-hmm. of Friday the 13th, who also yeah. directed an episode of Nightman. Right. And this is, this is what brought us here. What a circuitous route we have taken. Yeah. Uh, but that's how we delve into pop culture. We just yeah. don't look at it from one lens. We look at it from a giant, big laser yeah. lens as well. Absolutely. And, you know, without... This experience, I have to say, I would not have been uh, on IMDb researching away, and I would not have seen um, this poster for a Spider-Man, The Dragon's Challenge, um, that features prominently as a focal point Spider-Man's taint. And here I'm going to go in. <laughs> oh, you can please share that one. Here we have. You sure you're on the- IMDb? Mm, you'll, I mean, I am, but I think you will further call that into question once I send this to you. Right. Um, but you know, Spider-Man, he, Spider-Man does a lot of crazy poses. Yep. Um, but this one really takes the cake and by cake, I think you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, that poster is amazing. <laughs> oh my god, that is fantastic. And yeah, that is a lot of cake. Yep, that's <laughs> that yep. is a that's Spider-Man all cake. Yep. Something. <laughs> Spider-Man turn on the cake. Uh yeah. Spider-Man across the cake averse. That's right. Ooh. Wow 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 wow. But there there is something so wonderful about these style of posters though yes like yeah at the um i'm gonna i'm gonna name drop here at the alamo draft house where i oh my jonathan i know know where i go Uh and get my food and my beverages and i watch a movie and if someone's Uh talking i can write a card and say hey tell them to shut up so i can watch the movie um they literally uh when you enter in they have nothing but these these style of posters of different types of Bruce Lee movies, but they're oh, not cool. all Bruce Lee movies. Sometimes they're Bruce Lee, but it's L I, 
because ah. after Bruce Lee's unfortunate passing, everyone tried to uh, stake a claim, and mm-hmm. they just came out with a bunch of different movies starring Bruce Lee. And so they have all these posters of all different sizes, just like wall to wall. And they're so wonderful because they're just so, they're so insane. And this is no different, but I, I now kind of want to <laughs> own this poster. I, I bet you can find it. I mean, it's a real poster for a real thing. This looks like a scan of an actual paper poster. Um, yeah, really, you know, really display it proudly on the wall. You know, oh, really, uh, and you can situate the lighting so it really leads the eye right to that gooch. Oh, totally. I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have light that just angles right, right there. Like yeah, it's gonna, so oh, spotlight. Exactly. <laughs> oh, look at my taint. <laughs> it's uh, wonderful. I still don't think you're on IMDb though. But that's yeah. Okay. Well, no, I I I can guarantee you that I am. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, sure. And. Wow. You know, actually, now that I've seen the other... <laughs> Wait, the is other, it better? Is it more cake? Uh, no, no. Are it's going even, to the bakery? It, no, this is like a real... This is a bit of a horror show right here. And this, I know oh, this is like great... Uh, this is great podcast <laughs> material because it's right. entirely, entirely visual things that you can't see. But maybe we'll put them up on the old Discord, so... I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put these up. Normally okay. we say we'll do that, and I never do because I just forget. I'll yeah. put this one up because, I mean, I could describe it, but I think you all should just kind of see it. Here oh, we have. Gee, sweet baby Jesus, who made this? <laughs> oh. Spider-Man, who comes for your children at night. <laughs> yeah. Stealing the breath of a baby, of a newborn baby. It's Spider-Man. It's Times Square Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, my God. And I like it. Two great films on one video. Spider-Man in Spider-Man, The Dragon's Challenge. Or yep. you can also watch Spider-Man Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know if that's a sequel to The Dragon's Challenge or just something completely different. I don't like know. This, this Spider-Man is, uh, I believe the word is nightmare fuel. Yep. Yeah. Watch out if you're alone on a country road at night and you see this Spider-Man. Do not stop. Yeah, hit the gas. Hit the gas. Keep going forward. Swerve for the Spider-Man. <laughs> you must hit the this Spider-Man. Only you have this. one choice. You have one chance. You must crush the Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, I've been, I've been having a, um, a Spider-Man's taint full of Spider-Man this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, none of them look like these Spider-Mans. A very fortunate, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, all the way across the Spider-Verse, no, no room for weird, weird can see too much of their facial structure under the mask, Spider-Man. <laughs> we see here. I mean, uh, this Spider-Man looks like someone broke his nose. It does look like that nose is going some a, a different direction than the rest of his face, certainly. And um, it's got that, that almost rictus grin underneath the mask. It's a very frightening. Um, yeah, it looks like it's stretched over a skeleton, like a skull, yeah. and not an actual, like a person's face. Like, yeah. Hey, hey, you want that nut bar? It's tasty. That's right, man. Yeah, it's scary. And. For the folks at home, this 
picture has no, not nearly as much charm as the other poster. No, not um, a, not even close. Yeah. Uh, it does look like you caught Spider-Man in a, like, in a bathrobe reaching for uh, your DoorDash. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he opened like, the door. He's, he's like, trying to get that Wendy's. <laughs> but he doesn't want to. Spider-Man. <laughs> yep. Spider-Man is indecent and doesn't want to put pants on, but wants his DoorDash in Spider-Man Strikes Back. It also uh, looked like whoever... Uh, drew this or took the, the whatever whatever composite this is uh forgot what human anatomy looks like because his uh soul side is just yep. yeah he's jacked and not in a good way yep <laughs> spider man's yeah. joints are made out of raspberry gelatin spider-man and osteoporosis sorry <laughs> Spider-Man will look like this for the rest of his mo- the movie because he has just pulled something. <laughs> Spider-Man fell down from web swinging and shattered every bone in his body. <laughs> Rebuilt. <laughs> Spider- <laughs> Spider-Man will return in traction. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm good. We can do the power however you want, but I'm good. I got, I, I got the one laugh I needed out of me today. So thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're nothing if uh, not people of our word. Um, oh, I'll great. still drink. Yep, <laughs> that's gonna happen regardless. I mean, yeah, yeah. Come on. I mean, I already opened the bottle. I need to drink the stuff inside of it yeah all right there you go um so yeah we're but we're not talking about spider-man today unfortunately we're talking about nightman uh, uh, uh the uh tv show character that is very loosely based on a uh a malibu comics uh creation of the same name yeah yeah which is one of uh, one of the many comics that I read uh, in my formative years that and I also watched the show when it came out. Oh I yeah, was yeah. A, I yeah, I totally did because I was like, "Oh, Nightman? I love that comic. This is going to be good." <laughs> what a treat. What a treat it must have been. Uh this was part of Malibu's uh kind of edgier imprint called Ultraverse. Yeah. For some stuff with the Ultraverse, they had uh, characters like Hardcase and the and technically his name was the Nightman. Yeah. Anyway, right? Yes, and it then, is the Nightman, not just yeah. Nightman. Yeah, you know they they first thing they cut off the the, the for the TV, yeah. TV show, but yeah, the Nightman, and also one of my other favorites, which was Solitaire, the son of a crime boss who was brought back to life. Comes back to topple his dad's empire. They could have made that a TV show, and it probably been a lot better. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, this was uh this is a TV series um from one uh Glenn A. Larson, uh, kind of a prolific creator in the tv space 
uh, involved in such hits as uh, The Six Million Dollar Man. Um, he had something to do with The Fugitive. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, more, I don't know, more famously for Battlestar Galactica was a writer on Battlestar Galactica, was able to secure a, a, a huge budget for that show when it was originally conceived as a series of three TV uh, movies, and then it got turned into a series, but still had the same budget. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it explains a lot. Uh, also created uh, Battlestar 1980. Yeah, that's <laughs> not, yeah, not all that against him. Because uh, uh, he did that, but he also did uh, Knight Rider. Of course, yeah. Oh. The the series that would kind of go on to define his approach to television shows, sort of the the uh, you know um, kind of zany effects and a lighthearted tone uh, with not a lot of uh, violence. Not necessarily the case uh, here on Nightman. As we oh get into. no, yeah, no Nightman. He he's out for blood. Yeah, Nightman fucks, as they say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he even did uh, Buck Rogers, uh, The Fall Guy, if, if, if which is now going to be a uh, movie starring uh, Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yes. Um, yeah. Uh, he also, I think he did, I want to say he did... Magnum P.I.? Magnum P.I., thank you. That's the one I should know, because everyone knows I'm a Tom Selleck stan. Yes, for sure. absolutely. Why couldn't Anyone I remember? Thank you. to this show, anyway. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, if you listen to the show, then you're listening to this. But he also did possibly the two greatest other superhero, non-superhero shows that no one ever talks about. Auto Man, dude turns into a car. Yep. And Manimal. That's right. And Manimal crossed over with mm-hmm. Nightman, creating mm-hmm. the, 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 uh, the Larson-verse. That's right. This is the first metaverse. Is yeah. he, he's he was establishing all these lovable characters like Manimal and Johnny Domino, also known as Nightman, and putting them together in as the ultimate pack pa- package. I couldn't say that with straight face apologies. <laughs> I tried. Oh yeah, it's definitely the ultimate package. Um. All right. Well, uh, now that you have the table has been set, I think we are ready to get started, John. Uh, before we get into it, why don't you tell us what you will be using as your power hour fuel this evening? All right. Well, as we all know, I've had a few weeks of just really bad booze. And after the um, the Robitussin White Claw I had last week, I, I was like, well, I need to drink something that's not a White Claw. So I went ahead and grabbed one of my fine bottles of red. <laughs> Mm. Open the whole damn thing, and I will be drinking uh, ni- uh, two uh, 2020 Like a Hawk from the Hill Family Estate. It is uh, one of my favorite wineries in the Napa area. It's in Yountville. I absolutely love, love, love Hill Family. I'm in for a treat, and if anything, the bottle's so cool because it features the one of the kids who of the people who own the winery standing on a post in the um, grape fields like a hawk. So he's standing wow. on it like this, and it's really it's a really cool bottle. And it like a nightman might. 
Well, this one doesn't have weird, um, how do I put it? Green screen uh, artifacts, blue screen yeah, artifacts everywhere. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, so that that's what I'm having. And wow. uh, yeah, I let that's it breathe very, already. Very classy power hour here. I mean, almost, it sounds like a great winery. Why? Why? Why are you doing this? <laughs> because I've had multiple weeks of bad stuff. Yeah. That I'm gonna treat myself. I just sent you a bottle of the or a oh, picture of the bottle. Just I so wish you sent me a bottle. <laughs> I will. You know what? Oh. I will. Okay. I will send you a bottle of like a hawk. I have a few, so that's another reason why I did it. Oh wow. Well, For- that would be extremely special. That looks so good. Yeah, it's quite uh, tasty. Mm. I I here have got a sixteen ounce can of Miller Light, a fine Pilsner beer. If I would have had Miller, I'd have done that. I literally only have White Claws in the thing, and I'm I'm really and they're not even mine. They're yeah. bought by my brother-in-law, and he just well, left them here. And then he moved into his own apartment, but he didn't take his damn White Claws with him. <laughs> Next time he comes over, I'm be like, "Hey, I got a present for you. Here's all those White Claws that I don't want to drink because you picked the worst flavors." Well, you gotta jettison that dead weight, and I think in any move, the white claws become that very much. Yeah. Um. Sure. Terrific. Well, I think we're all set to go. Yep. yep. Let me just pop open this can of Miller Light, a fine Pilsner beer. Oh, I just noticed the fine is in quotes. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> At least, right. at least it's the fine and not the beer part. If the beer was in quotes, then I'd be a little bit worried. That would be that would be a cause for concern. Uh, all right. Oh wait, one more disclaimer before we start. You will hear drinking sounds. Yeah, it, if you're grossed out by av- drinking sounds, then, then sorry. Yeah, we're gonna try to avoid it, but you will hear them. So I can't just, imagine if you're grossed out by mouth sounds that you haven't ditched this podcast. A I long know time that's fair, ago. especially by the sheer amount of times that I'm yawning. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's fair. But there's just, throat sounds aplenty on this. You could make your own drinking game just based on the throat sounds. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you and you can watch this anywhere. You can watch it on yeah. YouTube if you want to check it out. You can watch it on Amazon Prime. It's through Freevee. Oh yeah, they're giving it away. They can't give it away. <laughs> and if look, writer strike is over, but the actor strike's still going. If you need a show to watch, you get forty-four episodes of this bad boy. So there you go. You know, yeah. and, and they have great guest stars. So well, that's true. You can't take yeah. that away from the show. Yeah. Um, right. But uh, yeah, uh, for sure. By the way, John, before we get started, real quick, quick question for you. Yep. Um. Was this originally shown in widescreen? No. I don't think it was because no, all I could f- find were versions that were now widescreen, um, which made for a very funny viewing because there's like a lot of like really badly cropped shots and a lot of it just like what feels like extreme close ups all the time. Oh, yeah, that was it. That was uh, the start of Tanya's material. She's like, what is it? Just all faces, no necks? Because <laughs> it's true. It's true. It is It is oddly. I Well, so the thing is, I looked up the, the director for the first two episodes. From what I can tell, never directed anything else but this. Oh, boy. And yeah, and I was just like, ooh, 
ooh, uh, I, I, you went to a soap opera school of uh, shooting because it's it it's aggressively close. Um, yeah, we yeah, frame on people's nostrils while they're talking oftentimes. Yeah, and like uh, home dude who plays Nightman, uh, Matt McCalm, That's he's got him. a he's got a real big chin. And oh, his, he's, yeah, he puts the lantern in lantern jaw. That thing goes on forever. Yeah, like, if there's ever a power outage, he will light your way. That's how that's how thick that jaw is. And you know it because you just can't not notice it because that's how close, like, zoomed in we are with everybody. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, it, it should have been 4x3. It was in 1997, so there wouldn't really have been any other formats at that time. You know, makes I a lot kinda, more sense. Uh, no, I kind of wish somebody would throw this through an AI and have them uh, touched up a little bit and sure, give a little yeah. more face breathing room. Yeah, John, let's let's spend more time <laughs> restoring Nightman. Did you wait? Did you see the uh, the DVD box art or the Blu-ray box art? They they spent a couple of bucks to apply a couple of filters to make it, it looks look, good. It, it looks, looks like really good. they hired a real illustrator to make a. It, I'm, it's, I'm surprised how good it looks. Um, it's nicer than it deserves to be. Truly, it's selling you... It's writing a check that the show's ass cannot cash. Yeah, and I can't get a single Blu-ray, DVD, or streaming box set of my other favorite show called Swift Justice. Only 13 episodes, but this one, 44 episodes. They, yeah, graphic artists and everything. Get out of here. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, all right. Anyway. I'm ready oh. to go when you are. You tell me when. Okay. And uh, I'm gonna press. Let's go, and then it'll tell me what to do. Right. Okay. Grab your first shot in eight, right. seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, go. Oh yeah. Ah, all right. Oh, so here. good. All right. I've got the the notifications on and everything, so it should be a okay. But. Uh, all right, one shot down, uh, 60 more to go, and we got to wrap up this whole thing in the in the whole amount of time that takes place. Uh, but, hey, guess what? This show takes place in San Francisco. It did, does? Did you forget that? <laughs> They're going to show you the same shot of the Transamerica building and the, the Golden Gate Bridge over and over and over again until you get it in your thick skull. <laughs> That's true. And then everything else is definitely not San Francisco. I not don't even know. close. Oh, my God. We'll get to it in a second. But the fact that it involves a cable car, but that it actually involves a bus that is themed like a cable car is just so funny. Uh, and that's another shot. Time to take shot number two. That's how we do. Oh, my God. Shooting yeah, wide. good luck. Not a great idea. Good luck for her. Oh, my <laughs> God. I need a steak. Someone give me a shooting steak. Your heartburn is in overdrive. Oh, my uh, God. I'm be smashed by this. Anyway, let's go. So not all, So we start off on a very L.A. street corner yep. uh, because it's actually San Diego, I think, is where the first season is shot. Uh, and so we, we open on a San Diego street corner where uh, – some dude just gets shoved into a limousine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, hey, this is San Francisco. Why don't we give them the great opening shot that will really establish their place in the world? And then we switch to hmm, some of the worst blue screen I've ever seen. 
Yeah. Uh, I worked in public access and we had better blue screen than that. And it was that, blue screen. That limo, uh, oh, shot number three. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Mm. Sorry. Off to a weird start. Um, okay, sh- birds. So that limo changed from like a sedan to like a coupe. Back to a limo as it drove along the shot. The the mat, the mask was so chewy. It was just like that thing was made out of gelatone, uh, coming down the the roadway. But it's like, and it's the fakest. It's not even like a photo of the Golden Gate Bridge. It is like a three D model recreation, uh, yeah, with all like the it... fidelity of like a reboot. Yeah, let's not insult reboot this way. It's probably more fidelity like uh, Beast Wars. Uh, it, yeah, it's really bad. It's really bad. But I was really proud of the fact that they at least uh, partially built a Golden Gate Bridge set. Um, oh, you mean <laughs> you mean the railing and the the street? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The the, the cleanest and that's shot number four. Sorry to oh, interrupt, okay. but God it's time for it. shot number four. Mm. Yeah, no, it's the. Uh, yeah, the, the 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 cleanest bridge. Also, yeah. just for you folks out there who've never been to San Francisco, that bridge is completely abandoned. It's always quiet, never any traffic across it. Oh yeah, you could just no matter what time of night, you can just go out there, have the whole place to yourself, throw multiple people <laughs> over the edge, and no one will. No one is none the wiser. Oh no, no. not at all. Uh interesting so we get introduced to like the government men uh in this in this scene and a very nervous uh who we later find out is an engineer and uh there's a lot of talk about the weapon prototypes and where they are and where the other people are and uh this guy is not being all that helpful uh this this point deck oh oh that's shot number five time mm-hmm. to feel alive um, and, uh, and of course the, 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 they, they, they uh, go directly to the hardball, uh, hang this guy over the, uh, over the edge. And of course this guy's like, uh, you can't do this. You're government agents. And they're like, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's why we can't do it actually. Yeah. First, uh, sign this, uh, affidavit about everything you told us for some reason. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> He doesn't bother to read what he what we later find out is a suicide note that they typed up for him, and uh, yeah, he does not give it the once over. Got it, you know. Doesn't matter if it's the terms of service or whatever. Got to give that at least just a once over. Just a little bit, just a quick scan, just make sure. Be like, am I untimely? De- oh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. What do you mean? What do you mean? I I couldn't take it anymore. And I, what does this mean? <laughs> And that's time to pick up sticks. It's shot number six. Okay. So as they're holding him over there, what's he do? He's kind of like, okay, well, I don't know where the prototype is, but there's a. This is the reason why you're gonna let me go, right? Yeah, yeah. He phrases it in such a way that it's like asking for him to be dropped off the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, yeah, you're gonna let me go, right? As he is hanging over the void, um, and of course that that is like the villain's like, yes, you said it, yay! I know I get to do the thing. Yeah, let him go, boys. And uh, of course they take off his shoes first. I would be very worried if I was there if they took off my shoes. I'd be like, hey, can we put the shoes back on and then I'll tell you where the people are? 
that's very weird. Why did he? That's very specific. It seems like you have a plan. Yeah, it feels like I'm not a part of this plan. Oh, wait a minute, I am. Yep. <laughs> As he falls and into the shot number seven. Time to go to heaven. Oh, I'm already there. Um, mm. very funny. So they definitely try a couple of things because they have a lot of people just <laughs> falling off stuff, in uh, or you know going up or falling down. Um, in this uh, in these two episodes, and so for this one they try something a little different. They're like, ah, this guy's not really selling it. Why don't we make him spin around like he's going? <laughs> he's flushed like a turd down <laughs> that, the toilet. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh no, I'm going. Wow, wow, wow! Just like the. Yeah, nobody does that, but it looks extra funny with the way that the uh, the whole blue screen looks. And uh, yeah, R.I.P. Poindexter guy, uh, he's dead. And of course, we uh, we get to the uh, very not San Francisco shot of the bay up next, where oh they discover god. the body. Oh my god, that was like the, I was like, shot where number eight. In- no, oh why? God. It's always when you're talking that I have to say it. Yeah, when I saw this, I was like, "Where did they film this?" Because I was like, "This is in Canada." I'm glad you cleared up that it was San Diego because only for the first season they moved yeah. to the Canada when season two pops off, and every like half of the cast got fired because they wouldn't move. They wouldn't move, and the dad got killed off because <laughs> yeah, they killed like... the dad off because he wouldn't move. It's like, me go to Canada, fuck you. Yep. Just keep it down in beautiful San Diego. And Earl Hallman can't take the, the wet weather up there. I need a dry heat. Yeah, I don't like maple syrup. <laughs> and I'm the only person who can play Frank Dominus. That's right. Frank Domino, the cop, the guy who used to be a cop, and no one will let him forget it. <laughs> yeah, you used to be a cop. Frank, but you're not one anymore. Let the Frank, let the cops do their job. Is a shot time? I feel like yep. a shot time. Shot number talking. nine. That's why it's fine. Oh my God, we are doing this poorly right now. Mm. Why? Oh my, oh my God, oh my God. I mean, I'm cool. I'm good. Woo. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't remember the last time I polished off a bottle of wine by myself, but I'm gonna find out. Oh God. Let's <laughs> hope not. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, uh, Frank is always just like, they never explain how, but he's always just at where there is crime. He's maybe got a police scanner or just maybe a nose for it, but he's like, he literally found evidence that they didn't find, picked it up, put it in a Rite Aid bag, and brought it down to them. Yeah, they found the... Rubbing his hands all over it. They found the body, and they're like, "Oh, he must have jumped." Oh my god! They find the body. They find the body. They don't find his shoes. They figured he jumped, and then this is the dude who finds the shoes. He's like, "He had a note inside the shoes." (laughs) He's like, and they definitely threw a line in there where he's like, "Don't worry, I made sure not to smudge any of the fingerprints." The you know that was like written on the day because they're like, yeah, he's just he doesn't have any gloves on. He's just handling the shoes, manhandling them like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. He was like, you're the uh, maybe maybe when he was a cop, he wasn't that good of a cop. I'm just saying. I, I don't know. He seems like the best detective I've ever seen in my entire life because he is just like, oh, and by the way, uh, he signed. You could see that he signed on a, a soft surface. 
and why and usually printers are on hard surfaces. So why would he sign it on a soft surface when there was a table right there? And that's shot number eleven. What rhymes with eleven? Uh, blevin. Right, shot number eleven. It's blevin. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's got the whole case figured out, and then he gives it to the, the actual police officer. Uh, played here, I believe, by uh, that's Lieutenant Charlie Dan, I believe. Yeah, Michael Woods, played by Michael Woods, ably played by Michael Woods, and uh, the the guy is just like, oh, hey, here's take this down to the lab. Also, it looks like this suicide may not be a suicide after all. And the other detective is like, wait, what do you mean? How do you know? And he's like, don't ask. And it's like, no, wait, do ask. <laughs> I have intuition. Yep. Just call that my seems... intuition Frank Dominus. Right. That seems fairly important uh, for uh, for him to uh, relay. Oh, that's shot number 12. What's the delve? <laughs> I knew these were, would start to get bad right, uh, like right away. Yeah, I need to write down a whole 60 of them. Anyway, um... Yep. Is that when we go to House of Soul? Ah, uh, yes, the House of Soul. One of San Francisco's, uh, you know, San Francisco is known for a jazz scene. Um, Fillmore. Yeah, it, like it's famously. Uh, this is not. This is a fictional club, of course, but the House of Soul, which I mean, tiny little neon sign, very weird looking little. Little saxophone. And a street too wide to be San Francisco. See, that's the problem. Oh, yeah. Look, here, here's the trick for any of you, uh, f- like, location scouts who don't want to Hold that pay. thought. Hold that thought. I, I know. I know. Shot number 13. Unlock, unlucky blurting. If you're going to do location shooting and you don't want to shoot in San Francisco because it's too expensive, our streets aren't that wide here. Anytime yeah. you show a street that's too wide or too well lit, it's not San Francisco. And definitely if it doesn't have enough human dookie on the streets, I know I know we not in the we not in the bay. So yeah. give me my dookie, give me the tight corner streets, and give me the crazy. But House of Soul. <laughs> the House of Soul. Uh where uh famous local musician Johnny Domino plays. And everyone is out. Everyone in the city who is white is, is at this club. Yeah, everyone, everyone white looking for culture. Yep. yep, to see at the House of Soul to see Johnny Domino, the number one jazz musician in the world. <laughs> and that's shot number 14. Don't you get a 14 now? I don't know what that is. It kind of sounded like something. Uh, you know what? Never mind. It works. Do you think Johnny Domino went to the same saxophone school as the uh, sexy saxophone guy from Lost Boys? Because certainly, yeah, both ripped. Yeah, definitely. the the num- The first day of that of that class, the teacher went around to everyone's sleeves and just ripped them off. <laughs> you gotta be fair. Saxophone is sexy. Kenny G, go f yourself. It's all about being sexy. Show those arms. There is no more of a sexual instrument than the saxophone. It might as well be called the saxophone. It's one letter off. 
I am confused. <laughs> Just the one. Okay, well he doesn't. How dare you invite my alien stuff? It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we get it. It's sex, sex. It sounds close enough. Anyway, shot time. I assume it's that's shot right. Time. Shot fifteen. Oh if you know what I mean. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> so. Uh, but he is jamming down and people are loving it. He's great um, at what he does. Great yeah, at what he's he great does. at what he does, but he's upstaged immediately by, I guess, his ex-girlfriend? Or, yeah, sometime, sometime girlfriend. On and off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. girlfriend, the the way uh, that, um, that the, uh, I assume the club owner, um, Jessica Rogers... Uh, talks about their past relationship, uh, Johnny and uh, the singer. Um, what was her name? It's Jessica Rogers. It's Felicia M. Bell as the actress. Oh no, not not. Oh, uh, you talking Jessica about Carla Rogers. Day? That's Carla Day. There you go. And you forgive? Oh, chop number sixteen. Oh my god. Uh, don't get stuck in between shots. Oh my god. But uh, yeah, Carla Day, um, immediately upstaged by Carla Day, a, a previous paramour, apparently. Um, and the amount of that she sings in this, uh, in these episodes, I was like, who owed her a favor? <laughs> yep. Not to say that she is not good. I mean, she is a talented singer and certainly sings uh, with a, a level of skill and acumen that I could, I could only dream of possessing. Um, but, uh, it is funny how many musical interludes, uh, are in here seemingly completely interrupting the flow of the show. Well, they, again, they wanted the show that it had depth. It wasn't just about the fighting. It, wasn't just about it was also the, about music. Yeah, and that's also life. another, a time to take another shot. It's at oh number 17. Oh We're God. already almost 20 minutes in. And we didn't even, we haven't gotten to the goddamn cable car part yet. We're five minutes into the episode at best. We gotta pick it up around here, but there's just so much fun stuff to talk about here on Nightman. Yeah, all right. So yeah, Carla Day singing uh, their House of Soul, and then um, I think then we cut from there to the uh, to the speaker. They call him. They keep calling him the speaker. Uh, uh, one of the, the one of those guest stars that you mentioned, John. Mm-hmm. One of those great guest stars. Immediately, uh, a, a, a total vet guy. Yeah, and we're not going to spoil it. You're going to have to listen through the whole thing of it until we tell you who the speaker is. <laughs> we're not gonna tell you right we're just gonna keep that uh i'm just you know i'm just stalling for time i'm trying to look it up i don't remember the guy's name you don't remember who the speaker is i don't remember that actor's name and it's a shot I number 18 if you know, know what i mean i do oh. so i think this is oh oh so i think this is the part where i got embarrassed i don't remember if we um move to the engineers or the um uh the yeah the engineers and they're talking about going to the world something uh 21th century <laughs> the millennium 21 technological conference yeah that's it and with the daniel day kim a very young daniel day kim who looks exactly the same 
Oh, man. When I saw Daniel Day Kim in this, I was thinking of present-day Daniel Day Kim, who is a huge star. Uh, and But I was like, wow, he's going to be in this movie for this show for the whole time. Spoiler alert. He dies. <laughs> <laughs> Shot number 19. Slurp, slurp, slurp. That's what I mean. <sighs> Miller oh Light is starting to Miller fight back. Yeah, I'm already halfway through this bottle. What? Because I'm taking. Well, I'm going to pace myself. I know. I know, but it's so be, good. Let's generous it's so good. <laughs> I'm treating myself for it. Fuck you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen out there, it is a Monday night. <laughs> I know. I know. And I, and I got to go in the office tomorrow. So let's go. Let's oh, go, me let's too. Go. Me too. Yeah. No, this is going to be fun. We're going to be, uh, be looking. People would be like, did you get the vid? And it'll be like, don't ask. It was a nightman power hour. <laughs> oh, mercy me. I'm having a I'm having a tough time. Oh that's right, we've reached it. It's shot number twenty. Uh some might say that's plenty. Yeah, it is it probably is. Um Yeah. Secretary of Defense Langton, oh, James, James Karen. Karen, that's right. James Karen uh, bursts onto the scene uh, with a, I believe, because I believe this is the point where they they call him, right? They say, hey, this is some stuff happened. We got to call this guy up and be like, hey, that wasn't, you know, you, you talked to, or somebody was representing you, and they contacted our buddy here, and now he's dead. That's correct. That's correct. Um, and he's like, that wasn't me. And so they get the idea that they want the, you know, their next uh, interaction should be in a public place to make sure that things are safe. And so that's why they decide to meet at the Millennium Conference, the technology, basically the GDC. It's basically the GDC. Shot mm-hmm. number 21. Isn't this fun? Mm. <laughs> Ask me later. Um... But uh, the yeah, so the, the we, next we uh, we roll right into said Millennium Conference, Millennium Conference uh, that is that will feature famous soul soulful sex player Johnny Domino uh, on. A bus themed like a cable car, not an actual cable car, but they said a special cable car, playing his dulcet tones in the middle of a crowded bus where people are also having cocktails. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine, John, a, no. l- a more horrible acoustic experience <laughs> than being trapped on a rickety-ass bus with a bunch of chatting people and a guy just belted it out on the old sex. Hell no. Oh my god. Hell no. Mm Mm-mm. Like, at first I was like, oh wait, this this Johnny Domino must be very famous. And then I saw that his gig was at a conference, a technology conference where they're at a huge, like, nice-looking hotel conference center. He's relegated to a bus-themed, like... A trolley car playing sad sex while people try to ignore him. While people talk loudly over him because they're there to have conversations, not listen to a saxophonist. Let's be fair. You're not trying to listen to a saxophone when you're on a 
cable car, motorized or otherwise. You're there for the adventure. Yeah. You know, and I, is... want, I wonder if they think this is, it's to imply this is actually meant to be a cable car or if this is like a troll, you know, like a, a bus cable car. Like, if they really, like, if they intended that, they should have shot it from the wheels up. Or, or just above the wheel. <laughs> yep, it's 23. That's where we be. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, look, it happens all the time uh, when they do uh, cable cars. And it's always like the little uh, tour cable cars or whatever. But it's fucking terrible. And then when it stops in front of the Charmed House, as Tanya put it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, even before it stops at the Charmed House, it stops to just let a lady off. <laughs> yeah, like a cable car does. <laughs> right. Yeah. Classic cable car. Like, I thought for like this was a special cable car that was just supposed to like drive up, you know, not even drive. It's supposed to go up on a track. We're supposed that's what we're supposed to believe is happening. But like, it, it, I guess she's like, this is my stop. You're like, wait, what? This is like, <laughs> this is like a corporate event. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, no, I want to get off now. The saxophone's too loud. I was leaving. Shot 24. Oh my God. Uh, that's right. Pour it in your mouth. We got six minutes to get through this first episode. Yep. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. The second episode will be very rushed through. Uh, we, I, I can already tell. Okay. That's um, what it is. Yes. She uh, leaves a bag on her seat. <laughs> yep. That Johnny Domino is very obsessed with. Well, but listen, just, John. Like, as you said, when the bus comes to a stop in front of the Charmed House, the sky starts to turn uh, ominous blue. Yeah, that it does. That and it, it does. looks like a lighthouse is <laughs> it's shining its light past the cable car over and over again. But no, it's not a lighthouse, John. It's lightning. And just as Johnny Domino is looking at this bag, wondering what's up with this bag, he is struck by weird lightning, and then he takes a shot. Shot number 25, in fact. No, but he doesn't take a shot of, of alcohol. No, he takes a shot of lightning. <laughs> That's right. It it comes down, it strikes the, the uh, cable car for some reason, even though it's next to a, a really tall structure with plenty of metal on it. Um and that and it only somehow only hits it's him. Domino. Yes, I will point out in the cartoon. Sorry, in the comic book, he's driving his Miata, very yes. sort of name dropped, uh, very specifically, and is hit by a cable car that is also struck by lightning, and so it turns him and everybody in the cable car into superheroes. In this one, nope, just right for Johnny. That's correct. That's correct. That is that is the main difference. He's also in a coma uh, in in the uh, comic book versus this one. But they didn't have time for that in this one. Shot 26, then, pick up right. sticks. Oh, great, great, I'm almost great. through my first beer. Oh, this is going to be a heck of a day. A oh, heck yeah. of a night. So yeah, um, he is struck by lightning and then immediately develops powers to tell that there is something amiss with this bag. So the thing he was upset about is not even not even that. He knows there's something wrong with that bag. Yeah, he apparently we find out later he is able to tune into evil as if one 
uh, sort of like one is able to tune into a radio station, um, but it it manifests his his ability to hear other people's thoughts manifests in, in a fish eye sequence of images. Yeah, so, well, I mean, I'm yeah. confused about what exactly is happening here, uh, but I'm <laughs> you know, not confused about the 27th uh, shot that oh needs to go in oh your mouth. Um, you know, he's confused because every time he's hearing an evil thought, they zoom in onto his fucking face. <laughs> and he's just all like, eyebrows are moving up and down. Like, hmm. Uh, uh. <laughs> and then he's like, evil. It's a bomb. It's a bomb. And, and what a bomb. And he throws it at the house. Yeah, fuck John, that charm house. <laughs> there's no, at no point they even have a piece of ADR dialogue that's like, Oh, thank God that house is closed for renovation. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Probably 30 people are dead. Yeah, I mean, that was a big house, people. It's a big house. Yeah, they are, they are quite dead. Oh, yeah. It also knocks over the cable car. Which is a feat in its own right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it looks like, I mean, he's only able to mitigate the damage. He isn't really able to do anything else because a lot of people still get hurt, uh, including us because shot number 28. Oh, my God. Okay, wow, I'm going to have to open up the other beer pretty soon, but um, but yeah, we don't get a lot of time to uh, to kind of sit with this. I was struck in this series by how many things in this two-part episode that Johnny just gets away with. <laughs> he just gets kind of scot-free. Uh, we'll talk about some of that when we get to the second part of this two-part opening uh, thing, but... Um, so apparently, so the, the, not only he, he was on this bus, uh, aka cable car, but also uh, one of the engineers who is is uh, is in possession of these these dangerous prototypes was there to sort of hand off some information to the Secretary of Defense, and the Secretary of Defense was also on this cable car, <laughs> very insecure place, but I don't know, whatever. It's job number twenty nine. But that kind of like this really throws a uh, a wrench in the the evil government guy's plan. Again, very confusing where these people are coming from, why they have the authority, why they're portray- betraying America. Um, but uh, I think the next the next scene we see is in the hospital. Am I correct? You are correct. Uh, in the aftermath of the of this horrible uh, situation, um, and they have uh, it's chaos in the emergency room, but they have placed Johnny and the Secretary of the Defense. Defense of the United States of America just right next to each other, with really no one paying attention to what's happening. Yeah, where um, Johnny is picking up. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, okay, I know. Well, Shot number me, 30. Let me it's finish starting the to thought. Hurt yeah, I can finish I have to, the If thought. I don't I say don't... it, it'll be already halfway to the next shot. You got it. Oh, I know. I, I got to do it. Oh go ahead, God, go ahead. It burns. Uh, got so 46 he's picking, seconds. He's picking up on the Secretary of Defense's thoughts, and he's realizing he's thinking bad shit, and he's like, or he's picking on someone's thoughts. I don't know if it's the Secretary Director. I or if think it's, it's like him. Kruger's. It's it's very strange. It's hard to tell because, like, the Secretary of Defense isn't in on this. Whatever the, the Agent Kruger and the rest of these guys are doing, the the, the, yeah. the bad government dudes are doing. 
Um, but he, the, the Secretary of Defense starts freaking out when this guy's reading his mind, pretty much. And he's like, get me away from here. And that's when Agent Kruger and all the bad dudes come up and sweep the Secretary of Defense away for his safety. Mm-hmm. As, quote, unquote. Uh, yeah, quote, unquote. And then uh, Johnny's taken to the room where he um, is finally seen. Shot number 31. Yep. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, Johnny is having a weird... He's hearing things. He doesn't know what's going on. Uh, is this is it the next scene where he, he his dad finally shows up? Yeah. And he's like, I'm hearing things, Dad. And his dad's like, of course you're hearing things. You're yes. awake. What do you mean? Yeah, but you know, I got struck by lightning, so of course things are going to be weird. Yeah, um, he's like a bomb went off. Yeah, like uh, I had I had people on the force. Remember, I used to be a cop. Anyway, they heard an explosion went off near him, and he was hearing sirens and bells for years. Yeah, and then it's just like, no, it's none of that, Dad. I'm here. I'm hearing the thoughts, and then so they what they call a shrink, and when. He, no, the doctor said, comes in and is like, hello, I am the doctor. Anyway, I have called a shrink for you. He is in town for this very thing. And Johnny's response is, take the shot, I know. I know. Shot number 432. It's going to get weird for you. <laughs> and he's all like, a shrink? Yeah, he is so... <laughs> he, there is nothing that John... There's a lot of fucked up shit that happens in this these two episodes. Nothing makes Johnny more ang- angry than having the, the idea of talking to someone about his problems. This is just <laughs> emblematic of how... The height of toxic masculinity of the day. Oh, in spoilers, he murders people. <laughs> so there's a certain point in this, oh, this yeah. in trouble Without, at all. He murders people without compunction, without uh, second thought, without any remorse. This man is the last person you would want with what has to be the most dangerous single person technology to ever uh, to ever be invented for any sort of combat. And with that said, shot number 33, pretty soon I'll have to go pee. Sorry for being blue. That's true. That's true. So, um, we're in the hospital. The uh, engineers who made, like, so we're finding out that these engineers made some stuff and that stuff disappeared. And that's kind of what the uh, government agents are looking for. Like, this. Yeah, technology. they have, they had helped develop these. Well, no, they were, they were just engineers that worked for the company and they were like, okay, let's see it. Let's see if we can find any flaws in this, this uh, high tech weaponry we've made. And then they found out, Oh, this is being transferred to another company and then maybe transferred to sale to America's enemies. Um, and so they being Patriots uh, decided to contact the secretary of defense somehow. And then con- like a con, Cock this elaborate scheme. The weird shot thirty four, by the way. The weirdest thing is that the story is not about them. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. You could have cut out half of this shit, and we would have been fine. Um, <laughs> so much just... happens before they even come on the scene, and so much has happened before the show even starts. It's wild that it's about. <laughs> It's about a, a saxophone, uh, a famous local musician who 
who gets other powers in a completely unrelated event that happens to happen around the same time. Exactly. John, does this ever connect back to this at all? No. It's <laughs> now. I think uh, Mr. Chang shot, shows up again. Shot thirty-five. Okay. I think Mr. Chang shows up in a later episode. That's fine. What I'm really talking about is <laughs> none of the circumstantial things that got us here. It just <laughs> yeah. happened because to be two convergent things that tied into each other. What is what is so wild about this entire character is that. His superpower is completely unrelated to all this tech that he gets and is given to him like around the same time he gets the tech for completely unexplained arbitrary reasons that just happen to happen um, in a purely coincidental way. But it's like his motivation to fight crime (laughs) in this series is so hilarious. It's not like there's like... Superheroes have strong motivations usually. For Johnny Domino, it's just like, oh, whatever. Yep. <laughs> I guess this is what I'll do now. It's my thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Also, another shot. I'm sure. That's right. It just oh, ha- it just happened. Thought shot thought. Ooh, shot number thirty six. <clears throat> uh, we're picking up sticks again. Um. So what? Go ahead. go ahead no go ahead but uh, like no please you remember i don't really so the, i the, don't really recall what happens exactly next so there's some shit that happens and the secretary of defense is going down the stairs and then he 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 and daniel day kim's character are shot by agent kruger agent kruger's men right yeah yeah agent kruger's men Shoots him in the stairwell, so the Secretary of Defense is gone. Uh, Daniel Day Kim's character, but don't, he, he's gone. But don't we, like, before that shot, don't we, aren't we introduced to, like, the Council of Evil Governments? Well, no, we are, uh, we are shown to, hold on, shot time. Shot 37. We see a bunch of different governments who are interested in the tech. And they're yeah. like, look, we don't have some of it, but we do have this one thing. And that kind of comes up more in the second episode in this one. But they're, they're, you know, like they are not just different governments. I think they're also like like one supposed to be a crime organization, one supposed to represent the Middle East, and then the other is supposed to, I'm going to assume, rec- uh, represent some sort of giant country over in the continent of Asia. Uh, yeah, that they are meant to represent... China, because yeah, yeah, I did wasn't gonna go out there. Okay, I'm trying to. Well, I mean, sure it's not our fault. It's it's not it's our the fault. Show. It's the, it's the show. The show China number one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the show <laughs> made it weird. Uh, by uh, yeah. Well, anyway, I had the subtitles on, and at some point they said speaking Mandarin. Shot number th- uh, thirty-eight. Oh my god! But um, because. The, he hasn't even this, got the suit for yet for us. We got to go. Come on. He doesn't get the suit. In, well, I hate to break it to you, but he doesn't get the suit in the entire first episode. Yeah, but he gets uh, the shit in the first episode, and then he puts it sure. out in the second. So let's get there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they have this. They have. They have this whole. They have this whole thing with the the evil governments and like you know whatever the the crime lords and whatever else. The, a bunch of unsavory characters has uh has um 
showed up to a boardroom and they're getting uh, pitched all this uh, prototype technology by, what was it, Stra- Strand Tech? Yeah, I wasn't able to pick up the name. Strand Cyber. It was whatever the holding, like whatever the secondary company that it was that they were. Uh, oh, shot number 39. And we're feeling fine. I'm not feeling fine. Um, no, but, uh, the whole bottle of wine was not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, this is, I, I've never, I don't think I've drank, the, drank this many Miller Lights back to back. And now I'm kind of getting why people don't like them at all. <laughs> anyway. um, yeah, they're showing like all the um, the fancy tech with the uh, the anti grav belt, yes. the, the fucking the bulletproof uh, armor, which was just but, hilarious to watch the guy get shot with. Yeah, it does then, not Im- like does not absorb impact because he really jerks them around. <laughs> he's but. like, oh, we gotta be shot. Oh no, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm yep. uh, yeah, anti grav belt that looks. <laughs> <laughs> even in this this demonstration footage and of course the uh the 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 coupe de gracie uh shot number 40 aka uh, a weapon of some sort do you remember what this was called was it the, was this the neutron gun was it or a was... neutrino beam or a neutron no, beam neutron 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 they yeah really, okay. they really harped on that um, a, a, uh, a gun that really was like, Hey, we got this prototype, you know, all the other prototypes we don't got, we have, we've got this prototype. Um, but, uh, so what happens next? So like the secretary of uh, defense is dead. Uh, not, this would be a, a national event. Not much seems to happen. Uh, Johnny is a, a person of interest there. He, he disguises his involvement with it because basically him and the psychiatrist come back to the hospital right around the same time Daniel Day Kim gets there to talk to the secretary. Um, oh, there we go. Shot number 41. We're having a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but oh uh, he... he uh, and then he sort of rushes up to sort of see what's going on with the secretary as, as Daniel Day Kim is uh, whisking him away to his safety and um, witnesses the him being murdered. And he he absco- he gets away. They don't really see him. He gets away. They, they track him down to a, a, a room and he pretends he's making out with his ex-paramour. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they're like, yeah, right. You saw it. We got you dead to rights. But no, then here comes the psychiatrist, who is like, just met the guy, and he's and he's like, oh no, I I was with him in the lobby, and then he came up here to get busy with his girlfriend, Ob. So <laughs> so uh, you've got nothing. Oh, shot number forty-two. That's right, Douglas Adams. Where are you? Bravo. Mm, thank you. I'm trying to go to the galaxy reference anyone. Yeah. Um, wait, was it 43? Anyway. Um, uh, but uh, they even, like, again, this is one of those pieces of dialogue where, like, wow, they, I bet they put this in here because this is so ridiculous. Because they, uh, they have Johnny Domino himself be like, hey, why'd you do that? <laughs> you don't know I didn't kill that guy. 
And he's like, no, you told me you heard their evil thoughts, and nobody would have done that and then gone into the stairwell with, so they would be placed in the crime, would they? And he's like, well, I, geez, I guess he had a point. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> Look, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, and I know shot number 40, whatever is coming up, this show is incredulous. With the, yes. the the logic jumps that it makes, and shot forty three—that's the way to be. Let, let's put it on front street. This for a first episode, there was a lot of shit that happened. Oh, like a it's lot. chock block full of stuff. It's a uh, how about this? <laughs> how about this next part? So they figure out, hey, this musician guy—he's a little thorn in our side. He's seen everything. He's somehow connected to it. We got to take care of him. And so, of course, they're in a room. This is the best part. They're having this discussion while the demonstration is going on for all these potential buyers. But the uh, the evil FBI agent and like the 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 woman who is like the head of this company have this discussion about how the uh, the musician is 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 a little bit of a fly in the ointment in front of all these people, and they just cut around the room to them listening in and be like, "What? Uh huh. What's this I hear?" And then all of a sudden, they're like, hey, we're all bad guys. We can kill them for you. Shot number 44. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, no, we don't want him dead. Because <laughs> because guy... he has, because we need the, we, we, we need to find out where this uh, tech is. Yeah, they need some information out of him first. Uh, but, <laughs> but the, the, uh, now, wait, am I skipping forward to episode you did. two? You Damn did. it. What happens in the rest of episode one? So, effectively, him and Raleigh Jones meet up um, after he does some karate while Raleigh is in a car. Or, yeah, uh, that's no. okay. That's the he, part I was confused about because the, the crime lord guy, the drug lord guy, sends his men after him uh, in that, you know, town car. Yep. And he does that, what you called, what you very generously labeled as karate. I mean, to be... Uh, shot, shot number 45. Yep. Oh. For what it's worth, Matt McComb does uh, Kempo Karate or whatever, so he does this weird spinning kick, the kick, uh, a Tech 9 out of the guy's hand. The only reason why I know it's a Tech 9, because, I mean, I've seen the gun a lot, but I was like, I never knew you could put a silence on it. And then that's when Raleigh Jones shows up and is like, hey, man, you know, like... I'm not, you know, I was here to help you or whatever after uh, uh, Johnny gets shot by these dudes and he does this Kempo karate kick while the guy was in the car or whatever. So he, anyway, the guy, they pull up, he pulls, he points the Tech-9 out, out of the window at Johnny. He does the spin kick you're talking about, but like yeah. catches the gun in his leg armpit. Yes. His I leg can... pit. And yeah. then like it's the weirdest, most awkward kick. And then just punches the guy. The other guy from the other side comes out, aims his Uzi over the top, f- and fires at him point blank range, hits him in the shoulder. Can't can't make it for shot forty six, by the way. He gets kicked. Uh, Raleigh Jones says, Hey, rescues him as the guys run away. He bombs yeah, he's off. there somehow. He's there. He shows up. And honestly, this looks like this is the only thing that might have been shot in San Francisco. 
It does we look, were... this one looks a little like San but I think it's still San Diego. Oh, totally. But it's the closest looking San Francisco thing I've ever seen. So congratulations to the location shot. Yeah, location it's like it's scout. got the cracked sidewalks. There's a little, you know, uh, weed coming, weeds coming up through it. It looks a little dingy. Exactly. Perfect. There was just right amount of human feces on the streets. So the, anyway, Raleigh yeah. Jordan, that's his name. Finds him was like, hey, come with me. They go to this warehouse on some sort of dock somewhere, maybe Pier 39, but it definitely wasn't. And he's Shot just telling them everything. He's like, hey, check this out. I was an engineer. <laughs> I worked on this stuff. Him. Just he's shows like, him everything. This fucking it's giant. Sealed box. in a crate. He he takes a crowbar, opens the crate, and is just like, and the uh, the crate is also a uh, hinged door. Where he's just like, hey, here's here's all the stuff, and here's how it works. Cool. Well, how about the fucking armor on a turnaround door? So a surprise, like a magician's door. Let's surprise (laughs) you with the fact that we also have this armor back here. It makes the box way bigger than it needs to be. I love the point where he shows the mask, and oh, and that's hidden behind something for some reason. Yep. He's like, here's I save the best for last. Here's the stupid looking mask. And then Johnny Domino's just goes like, whoa, it looks like it could talk. <laughs> Shot number 48, if you'll yep. be so kind. And I'm like, and I'm like, does he say that about every mannequin? Yes, you know, you know he He's does. He's like, whoa, that's some cool... Mm-hmm. It's like it's almost like he didn't see the mask and he just saw the silver head and he's like, "Whoa, that looks like a person." Whoa, that looks like someone we could have sex with. What? That's I'm right. Ooh, those lips look pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so then, as they're there walk, doing the walking tour of everything, showing you all this stuff, the uh, agent Kruger and his men show up the to evil, this warehouse. The evil government agents arrive. If agents arrive and it literally are like, I'll give this is your first warning. They have shown no scruples up until this point, but they're like, until yeah, right now, fair yeah. warning. Yeah. <laughs> right? There's another shot. 49. Oh my God. Okay. We have 11, 11 minutes. That's right. 11 minutes for all of episode two. All right. So anyway, um, they do this thing where they decide to hide with the uh, one of the items is an invisibility blanket. Yes. They hide with that in the corner as the people are searching for the things. They're like, okay, here's the deal. You hold on to me, and then, because you look like you can lift a lot more weight than I can. And then they fly up to the roof a little bit. <laughs> they and hide they, in the rafters. They hide in the rafters. And then can when we they, talk for a second about oh, holding not really. up. <laughs> I just have to talk about holding up the invisibility. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. And we're we're eight seconds away from another shot. Um, But uh, actually, let's just get it out of the way. Here we go. Shot number 50. Feeling thrifty. Um, But they are holding up the cape just away from like it's kind of a below their heads and away from them like two feet to the point where anyone like with even a three quarters view could just see two yeah you you should see them around the cape yeah totally totally (laughs) but every time it shows them they're just in a predator view and like maybe the more 
the most expensive shot of the whole show. Arguably the best uh, CG effect or like uh, yeah. special effect. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, they they put that that belt on and they're just like. Fuji <laughs> right up into the rafters. Yeah, and then when they get out, they they're like, okay, well, let's just poochie over the water, and we'll get away. And as they're flying over the water, the belt runs out of battery, and they land in the water, and that is the end of episode one. Yeah, and and Johnny Domino does not waste this opportunity to be a bully to the nerdy engineer. Where they're like flying around, they don't have a lot of power, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, look, I'm scaring you." <laughs> uh, yeah. Then they both take a, they both like fall into the drink in another hilarious fa- like green screen falling uh, effect, and then that's the to be continued. <laughs> I can't imagine watching this <laughs> originally and being and left on that, that cliffhanger. <laughs> And then getting to that point, be like, I gotta know. <laughs> I need to know what happens. <laughs> Do you think Johnny Domino died? <laughs> Not when you see them fucking pop up out of the water, even at the end. Yeah, they're fine. Because they don't cut away. Just they showing don't. them in the drink. Yeah. Yep. They're just like, oh, no, they're fine. Don't worry about it. And when we get. Okay, shot number 52. Okay, goddamn. And when we get to the second episode, they waste no time. They're the second episode intro is hilarious because they have to like recap the whole thing. For some they reason. add the yep. yeah they add like the voiceover that I think continues through the rest of the series where they're just like they're like Johnny Domino was a saxophone player in San Francisco, and then uh, and then a, a like a weird coincidence and a cosmic event led him to become Nightman again. Hilarious that it has to be like a hat on a hat in order to make this superhero, but whatever. Mm-hmm. They have the last, <laughs> the previous, the or sorry, the previous guest star, aka the uh, psychiatrist, a character has his one scene in the before the credits, before the opening credits of this. Uh, and is never seen again. Shot yeah, well, 53, by the way. Oh, my God. That's all they could afford to John Steed himself. Yep. Because <laughs> it's hilarious how, like, he's like, I've been looking like for someone like you for, for the last 40, 40 years. years. And then he's just gone. Yeah, he's like, later. Well, I've had my fill. This sucks. I'm gone. I'm as he, exposition man. I'm later. Yeah, they got him on like when he was on like a fucking sabbatical in the Bahamas to film like a pickup scene where he's just in a totally different outfit and he's like, "Hey, you can hear evil thoughts like radio stations." Anyway, bye forever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this the second uh, the second episode is a lot about trying to take care of this. This pesky jazz musician, Johnny Domino. And that they do. And one of the zaniest things, oh, hold on, I'll prep for shot. Shot 54, it's right whore. 
here. Uh, right at the door. You, right at the door. That's much so much better. You had so many options, and you chose that. I know. I'm okay. so sorry. And then, yeah, so we see the evil conglomerate. Like, we need to get rid of Johnny Domino. <laughs> this motherfucker's a problem. And uh, Mr. Chang, who wasn't as animated in the last episode, was just chewing the scenery this time. It's played by Rick Young. And he's just like, oh, I have a plan. Check this out. And it's a robot spider with real poison. Here's okay, John. Do you think that this was if always meant to be a real spider that they had trained, and yes. then they saw, it, yes, and they saw it, and they're like, no one's buying this, yes, because it definitely that part of where he's like, the spider is not real, but the venom is, is. <laughs> definitely feels like. They were like, ah, uh, shit, this looks like garbage. I mean, bad. it looked really bad. I mean, if you saw a spider crawling across your floor like that, you'd fucking, you'd burn your house down. Yeah, so this is like a spider that is, I guess, it's like motion activated, and then it will come kill whoever uh, and return to its little box. But they're like, you know, the FBI, the evil FBI agent is like, never mind. That's not, we're not going to do that. Don't worry about it. Um... And uh, so they go on with their plan. They uh, decide, hey, you know what? We don't have all these. Surely we don't have all the things that we told you we would give you. But we do have the new neutron. Yeah, gun? neutron. Neutron. Yeah. The neutron gun, which is really the most important part of this whole thing. So we can arrange a little demonstration for that. And, uh, and, and Mr. Chang is very insistent on it being a live demonstration yes shot 56 so who do they get for this live demonstration well they get carla day herself um that's that's right who was just performing a set gets off stage walks back and then not even like 10 seconds later is kidnapped yes uh almost right away like right away they're like no we got to get into this action on this point and they're like where is the prototype and she's like i literally don't know what you're talking yeah what the fuck are you talking about i'm sorry uh you just kidnapped me for no reason and And they're like all right we gotta call johnny and like tell him we've got his girl and they call him up and he's like oh crap i'm supposed to go on stage what can i do so one of the gadgets they have is a holographic uh, image projector. So that way you can uh, project images. Time so for another shot. We got three yep. minutes, John. Okay, let's fucking pour through this. Holographic image projector. He turns that on so it's him playing the saxophone. He bombs off and decides to put on all the pieces. So he puts on the grav belt, the bulletproof thing, the invisibility cloak, the stupid cow with the giant laser in it, and he bombs off to go rescue Carla. Where do the Mr. Chang and associates take Carla? Well, they take her right to the Golden Gate Bridge. Same spot. <laughs> same, same spot we saw from the first one. Same set. Not wasting that set. They drop her off. I just have to comment because Tiny said this. Carla had on some very ugly shoes on, and I agree on this part. <laughs> it's very important that I get that out there. I, was, I thought that too, and I was like, I was like, take her shoes off. <laughs> you did it to the last guy. <laughs> Do her a favor. <laughs> All right, so, fifty-eight. We got two minutes left. Okay. All right, so he flies down. 
Uh, so they drop her. Yeah, they drop down. her and she passes out. <laughs> they show her falling forever for five minutes. She passes out. Definitely longer out. than the other motherfucker. But yep. Nightman is there. He rescues her, flies up, and he does like he flies up towards the moon. And he then, looks <laughs> terrible. He's always at like a 45 degree angle because that's how the hover belt works. Yeah, because here's the thing. It's anti-grav. There's no propulsion. You're either going nope. up or down. <laughs> but for him, he can go forward. So anyway, he goes forward. He bombs away. She wakes up. She's like, hey, what the fuck happened? Oh, he's like, oh, no, you, you everything was fine, but you appeared here anyway. Okay, it's good. So then some shit happens where uh, the evil bad dudes are like, hey, we're going to go ahead. Shot 59. Fuck, God damn it. one minute. Look, I'm bored through this. All right. So the dudes are like, okay, let's do this thing. They're at some sort of secret layer. By the way, they were showing some fucking house on a hill with lightning bolts in the back. That was kind of crazy. This is where yeah, they're going to go. It's in Sausalito uh, somewhere. Yeah, this is where they're going to show the thing. Uh, Johnny's dad gets kidnapped at some point and is taken here as well. Johnny's so does one of the engineers. Raleigh Jordan gets kidnapped as well. So he's like, fuck it, let's go. So he dons on the uniform again. He goes to the house. He flies to the house. He finds them there. He goes ahead and rescues <laughs> his dad and Raleigh Jordan. Gets them out of there. Gets one of the... <laughs> Uh, he kills the main FBI agent by throwing him into a pit off. of snakes yeah, that apparently was, just exists. Yeah, there was just a pit of snakes there. Fucking kicks his ass off there, flies up, runs into Katrina, who is the evil agent. Oh my god, we're we're at time, right? Yep, yeah, this is this is time. We can just wrap up the rest of this episode real quick. Uh, because yeah, we the power hour is technically over, but I mean, we just have to talk about the fact that uh, that uh, she is talking to an unseen, uh, what seems like the mastermind of this whole thing. That is correct. And uh, and I remember earlier in the episode when we told you that the person who created this show also created Night Rider. Well, yep. guess what? In this episode, David Hasselhoff. He cameos for five seconds before, I guess, being thrown off a balcony. Yeah, he gets tossed immediately. <laughs> Rally, <laughs> friggin' uh, Johnny Domino tosses Stephen Hasselhoff to his grisly death. Bombs over because Mr. Chang blows up the other two groups who are looking for the equipment and the neutrino wands because he wanted that exclusivity. Yeah. So he blows them up and he's going over to his boat. Uh, Nightman flies over to the boat. He's got the neutrino gun. He's got a neutrino gun. Yes. He confronts Mr. Chang. He dissolves a dude, two dudes, two, two yeah, dudes a couple two dudes with his neutrino gun vaporizes them with just a steely-eyed, uh, the steely-eyed compunction of a psychopath <laughs> or saxophone player, I guess. Yeah, a psycho sax. Yeah, he then melts the briefcase that Mr. Chang had, and then um, if you're with his laser fan, eye, with his laser eye, so not even not the, the neutrino the gun, <laughs> yes. <laughs> The laser eye from this giant red super monocle burns it. He's like, 
But Mr. Chang knows the one thing that we learned about from Lethal Weapon 2, which was diplomatic, diplomatic immunity. immunity. Yeah. So he's getting on this boat. The cops go there. Frank Domino shows up as well. He's like, hey, he's the wood. You got to bust him. He's like, I can't. He's got diplomatic immunity. Dude gets on the boat, takes yeah. off. Random guy. Okay. Listen, I have to just bring up. Oh, my God. At least we're done this, taking shots. This show features a Plymouth Prowler. The yes. Plymouth, if you are a car person, or even if you aren't, you probably remember the Plymouth Prowler. It was a very weird-looking car that was meant to sort of capture the rat rod um, styling of an age gone by, uh, but make it all futuristic. And it was this sports car that was just wildly unpopular and bad, uh, but very visually unique. And, yeah, you uh, would notice it going down the street. Yeah, and that's Johnny Domino's car. That's, a, that's his car. They even name drop the Prowler in this episode. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of cars, so this is a big deal for me. I was very incredulous that it took all the way to the second episode for that car to show up. Uh, but ignore uh, the Cadillac limo that also showed, or Lincoln limo that showed up during this episode. So they yeah. weren't all they weren't all Chevrolet cars. No, 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 no. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, can't be perfect. You can't be, you know, yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, very funny. The Prowler gets a lot of they do a lot of stunts in the Prowler to make it look as cool as possible. Uh, they put a lot of fake engine noise on it that it definitely did not. <laughs> yeah, that thing sounded like cards in a bicycle spoke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Johnny. It, so at the end of this, oh at the God, end of this, wrap this up. At the end of this episode, it ends with uh, the uh, you know the, the former paramour uh, seeing someone who wa- to watch over me. Um, in reference to the Nightman, mm-hmm. and uh, you would think that hey, maybe this this uh this character, the singer character, must really be featured in a lot of the uh the show because she was so like instrumental and 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 a big played a big part in this episode. Incorrect. Is never seen again. Yeah, she's <laughs> only ever mi- yeah. She's only ever mentioned. Yep. So, uh, yeah, this is kind of like her swan song, and uh, for the series, and indeed uh, uh, a goodbye to to Johnny here. Um, and it's it sort of ends with what is supposed to be very a very dramatic pan up to like a Batman hero shot of of Johnny that it looks like it's just reused from earlier in the episode of uh, of the actor on a very bad green screen. Also, you know. It really proves that how a superhero jumps off something is important because uh, totally. every time Nightman does it, he just looks like a goon. Well, because he always flies the one direction. You did leave out the part where he goes to his place because it is intimated that Carla is waiting there for him, so he's ready to get. You know, oh yeah, we got to some. talk about this. And he walks into his room, or he walks into his apartment, and he's like, oh, yeah, hey, candles, very nice, yada, yada, yada. And 
uh, there's a woman there who, you know, takes her shoes off and unbuttons her blouse. And it's meant to make you think that it's Miss Carla Day. But no, it is actually Katrina herself. Yes. But uh, for some strange reason, she triggers the robotic tarantula. The robotic tarantula is in his apartment anyway. It's there. It was there. That was part of the plan. That was the thing that was going to get rid of him. So as she's waiting for him, he's all like getting ready to go over there because he thinks it's still Carla. And then the tarantula comes out, runs over and bites this Katrina person and kills her with poison. So when he rounds the corner, he just sees this dead woman he doesn't know. Then enters Carla Day herself. Yes. No, but I mean, he does know her. He met her before when he yeah, killed David but, Hasselhoff. Yeah, but he wasn't expecting her to be there. No, not at all. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right. No, she is dead. He is like, whoa, that's crazy. Cut to them singing in the club. Never addressed <laughs> what yeah. he did with a mysterious dead body that for all intents and purposes, it looks like he murdered. Yeah. She is fine with it. <laughs> yeah, she's like, whoa, I didn't know you had a company. She's fully dead. She's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but it is so... That sequence of... I'm so glad you brought that up, John. I know because that the it, power hour is over. We're breaking the rules. But I got to talk about it because... It was insane. It was unhinged to the yeah. highest degree. Because yeah. she... This... Sort of, this is the Machiavellian like person who has been trying to sell these these weapons to all these unsavory characters, and at the end, her plan is to just like go to his house, get comfortable, uh, you know, maybe look a little more sultry or alluring, and then she had a gun, but like mm-hmm. her pulling out the gun and I guess saying whatever she said triggered the tarantula which apparently had been left by Mr. Chang's team at some earlier time she was not aware of. Yep. And <laughs> she's like and it's just another like this is just like when he was on the trolley and got hit by a random mystical bolt of lightning that gave him powers. Mm-hmm. This is just another like overlapping coincidence that just kind of happens to work out for nightmare right i want to point out again to the folks who might not have picked up on it he could hear evil thoughts he did not hear katrina's evil thoughts with the gun he heard the spiders (laughs) evil thoughts (laughs) yeah he stops he has the evil thought effect and it's just like (laughs) <laughs> it's like a ridiculous just like monster sound he can hear spider thoughts i mean hey guess what you did hey get hey nightman remember when you told us the spider isn't real yeah exactly guess what it probably doesn't have thoughts what are you doing <laughs> It was a robot, hopefully. And yeah, so after like they discover the body and they're like, okay, let's go ahead and sing this duet instead. And they do this duet. I'm like, did they get rid of the tarantula? Yeah, what happened to that whole... Yeah, right. Is the tarantula just there? Are they going to go back to his house later to have a nightcap? And they're fucking going to both die? 
because there's a robot tarantula that just, I guess, just crawls up your, what you can't do anything, crawls up you and bites you in the neck and then you're dead? I don't know. I'm more, I kind of, sort of want to watch the uh, third episode to see if they talk about if the, the tarantula. <laughs> now, here's here's a question for you, John. Like, that whole yeah. sequence made no sense to me. But no. do you think, instead of it just being a weird happenstance, do you think this was Mr. Chang killing her to clean up the last of the evidence? No, because this show is not that clever. Okay. All right. If That's it wasn't in- clever, then yeah, totally. But no, this is not the case. This was like every everything that the show showed us. It was nothing but happy accidents. Okay. Well, this is in my head canon. That's that's what's that 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 is what happened because that's the only thing that makes sense. Otherwise, it's just like a bunch of random events that somehow lead to this person being a superhero. To be honest, if I was uh, if I was anyone who cared about this, I would not let this man. After seeing what he so easily did with that neutron gun, just melting people without a care in the world, well, we I, I think that they may have ended up in the hands of the wrong people. Oh, 100%. Because after he uses that neutrino gun, instead of, he's he, he rightly calls out, hey, this gun's too dangerous to be in the hands of others. <laughs> So instead of melting it with his eye laser, he just just, throws it in the bay. He drops it in the ocean. With that's gonna wash up on some. That's gonna wash up on Half Moon Bay. Some kid's gonna take that out and kind of melt his entire family. Yeah, someone's picking up one of those dudes you see with the metal detectors on the beach is gonna find it, and that's it. He's taking people out. That's it. That's it. But uh yeah, that was Nightman. Um Wow. Yeah, that's right. Two I just drank two beers in an hour and I feel drunk. And we just talked about Nightman. I drank seven hundred and fifty milliliters of wine. You dropped the <laughs> you I drank the whole, drink the whole bottle. Oh, I had to. Cause as we kept talking it kept getting like worse and worse so i had to keep talking about it i had to talk i had to keep drinking because i was just like this was a um comic book like you called out ultraverse it was malibu becoming a lot more serious if you're a comic reader in the 80s you remember malibu comics to a degree sure ultraverse was like like any other imprint of the 90s it if it was either it it was imagevied because it had to when be edgy yeah exactly like because if for those who don't remember in the 90s jim lee todd mcfarlane eric larson jim valentino willis portacio eric larson they all left marvel and formed their own imprint image and they did put a they had a look they had a style and that totally propagated all through the 90s and you could see Marvel trying to keep up post them leaving. You could see DC trying to keep up and even Malibu during that time tried to keep up with the Ultraverse event and you know a lot more edgy, a lot more this. And the Nightman was a comic I read because you know look, I sent you the image that I liked. I think it was fairly well drawn for the time. 
only, you know, stupid zany story. Like you called out hit by a cable car while his Miata in a coma, some shard in his things. And instead of just giving him the powers from the comic book, they had to add the suit and everything else. Maybe Mantis was an influence. I have no idea. But it was a comic that I was really like infatuated with because he has like this like Moon Knight Batman esque type of look to him. Sure, the look is there. I, I will the say that there. in the comic, in in addition to the the TV show, they are both jazz musicians. <laughs> yeah, completely. That is probably one of the f- look jazz musician San Francisco cable car lightning. Hear evil thoughts are about as those those are the connective tissues yeah so here's my thing with after watching the nightman i'm like you didn't have to make it san francisco no if you're willing to give him a flight belt bulletproof suit laser eye invisibility cloak none of these things that he had in the comics just change the location could have been just san diego why not like you know what I yeah. mean? At a, at a certain point, it was just whatever, but it was just one of those comics that was like, I enjoyed reading. And then they have this series, and I remember watching, again, I remember watching the series. Uh, for those who are interested, has a lot of guest stars that yeah. kind of show up in it. I remember uh, seeing ads for this series and being like, not a chance. <laughs> that, that big old eye looks really dumb. I'm out. Yeah, I mean, and that's another thing that actually kind of ties over from the comics. Even though the eye didn't do anything in the comic books, it didn't shoot lasers. It, it just, it didn't really do anything because part of his powers were he could hear evil thoughts. He could, um, he had really bad insomnia. <laughs> and right, his, he couldn't sleep. He could not sleep. And he his eyes were permanently dilated, which right. gave him... Better excellent than normal. Night vision. Excellent night vision. Yes, that was it. But so at they, any other time of day, oh, yeah, he's messed up. Like, oh, he's out during the day. Forget you, dude. You're blind by anything. Exactly. Yeah, he's buying phones with the lowest nits available. Yeah, he's gotta. There's no he's other choice to. for him. But it's just one of those. Like, it's just one of those. I mean. The show itself is a product of the time. This was Marvel. This was a post-Marvel acquisition of Malibu Comics. Uh, Marvel bought them and then just buried them. Um, I I think Nightman had some uh, uh, crossovers with Gambit and Wolverine. And then they just buried that imprint completely. Like, you, you give me a MCU movie where, like, Ultraman shows up or Nightman shows up, I'm for it. But that ain't gonna happen. Buries this imprint completely, but this was like this, their foray into like TVs, TV shows again, trying to get there. And like, if we didn't sell you watching this, I don't blame you because it was a, uh, um, a veritable hot mess. No, don't watch it. Don't just listen to this. That's all. You don't need to watch it to even listen to this. I hope you didn't in preparation for this. Just listen to this. This is great. This is a fun episode. Yeah, please don't do that. That's a slog. That's eighty-eight minutes of just just absolute 
bonkers, just unhinged television. Yeah, we gave you 88 minutes and 50 some odd minutes, and we saved you a lot of life, and hopefully yeah. you had a lot more laughs. You think? There. Yeah. You think the final season of Game of Thrones has some leech of, leaps of logic? Don't watch this. You won't like you won't like this at all. If that's what you think. Oh shit! Yeah, if Game of Thrones confused you at the last season. This thing, the first episode of making a what just happened? Yeah. What did I just watch? And arguably, I probably should have went back and watched it again today to keep myself fresh. I was like, no, I can't do that to myself. No, I never. I'm. I'm yeah, I wouldn't watch it twice. That's why I saved it till right before the podcast. I'm like, I'm not gonna go back and reference stuff. I need to fresh in my mind. Smart. Uh, yeah, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> that's it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our Power Hour uh, recap of the two-part series uh, debut of uh nightman it went on to run uh two series as we said from the second season moving up to vancouver for filming and completely changing the cast of characters so uh if you are interested i don't say i wouldn't recommend it but if you are interested you can find it free anywhere pretty much uh but if you have youtube that's and you have youtube premium if you haven't had youtube premium you can watch it ad free um and uh, really you know immerse yourself in the nightman world but uh well i think that's gonna do it for us we've immersed ourselves in uh in libations and the nightman world for long enough and uh so we're gonna have to bid you a fond adieu and say that we hope that you uh enjoyed listening to this episode because um you know (laughs) We really put ourselves through it to make it for you, so we do hope you enjoyed it. Uh, but uh, with that said, let's let us move on to everyone's favorite part of the show. That's right, it's the outro. First up, we would like to thank Burton M Six for all the incredible music on our show. If you want to find out more about him or his services, you can contact him uh, through the link in our show notes. There are many more links in there as well. Uh, including uh, our uh, links to our social media and our uh, our email address, but all that is secondary to the Discord. Jump on there; you can join the Discord and talk to us. You might think, "Why are they hitting this so much? Are do they make any money off of this?" No, but uh, it's fun, and uh, we have fun uh, talking to people on that. And we hope that you decide to join it yourself. Um, it's a welcoming group, and I think you would uh, enjoy it if you uh, joined. Um, but that being said, we're going to roll right into the thing we like to say at the end of every show, which is to say that uh, wherever you are, however you choose to listen to us, we hope that you are feeling happy and healthy, and if not, that's okay too. But I'm going to throw it over to John for the final word. Remember, folks. You turned my world upside down. Now it's my turn. It's only upside down because I drank a bottle of wine. Be responsible, folks. Hey, thank you for tuning in to all my super fans. Hope you coming back again. Got a shout out to Fresca. I know you riding with me as we pull up in the Hyundai Delhi City. <laughs> you want the hype? I gotcha. Gotta keep it locked right here on Pop Saga. Woo! Pop Saga, let's go. 